house where you get around. That's right. Welcome back to Range Anxiety, and today we're talking about my generation with that wonderful intro track from The Who. Anyone that's old enough, yeah, and I always go on about, you know, who's old, who understands, who listens, who knows this. The stuttering in that, just because I get around, it's not because the guy had a speech impediment. Um, it was designed there on purpose to show that the psychedelic 60s with the psychedelic drugs that were around back then tended to make people stutter. So there you go. I always wondered about that. And I remember Molly Meldrum uh, filled us in on that a long time ago on Countdown. So yeah, what... Uh, Brings us to our course of business today, and yes, thank you once more to The Who. Our course of business today is um, a little shitstorm that I uh, kind of deliberately stirred up on uh, the interwebs. Now, old mate Brooke from Drag Times, uh, you know, he's a YouTuber with uh, quite a fantastic, sensational uh, car collection, all due to his following and the revenue he makes out of that great channel, Drag Times. Um, he has everything 675, uh, Hurricane Evo, which is like the fastest of the uh, Lamborghini Hurricanes. And of course he has a Tesla Plaid. And he did a bit of a, he did a bit of a session where he took the Plaid out at low charge. I don't know, I don't even remember seeing what it was, probably 40% or 30% where it's supposed to be, you know, starting to slow down a little, but actually not really. And he put it up against the Hurricane Evo. And of course he just absolutely decimated the hurricane, the reason being is that Lamborghinis these days are probably the slowest of the genuine supercars you can buy. They've kind of sat still and they've sat on their hands for the past five or six years while everyone, not just Tesla, but everyone in the supercar game has just flown straight past them. You know, have a look at the 675, for example, you know, mid nine second McLaren uh, for, for a bit more money than a hurricane but not a, a lot more and let's face it when you're playing with sums north of half a million dollars it really doesn't matter um much at all and you've you've also got you know the sf90 ferrari with the hybrid beast which is you know sensationally fast it's nearly as fast as a plaid but of course it has better stitching so of course it's a more desirable car and well north of one million dollars i suppose you would expect it to be a better car as well which all of which leaves Lamborghini just sitting there on their hands doing nothing. And, you know, they they kind of came out and said by 2000 and, or 2025, there you go, mum, I did it right for you for once. 2025, they're going to be, uh, you know, hybrid or electric and, and the way they go. And people are just going to basically crap themselves at that point because one of the real strengths of the Lamborghini has always been... Um, the sound that they make, you know, they are a delicious sounding thing, that V10, uh, I won't take anything away from them there, uh, you know, in Lamborghini or Audi form. Um, they're just a beautiful sounding thing, but they're just a little bit weak now, and that's the problem. They've just got weak. Well, they haven't got weak, they've become weak, because everything else has become so much stronger and faster. I mean, I can see people sitting there going, yeah, you know, but I'll buy the Lambo and I'll chuck a twin turbo kit on it and I'll, you know, chuck some clutches in it and I'll chuck a management system on it and, you know, it'll be faster than anything. Sure it will. You can modify anything, you know, and, you know, 100 grand later, you're left with something that's, you know, compromised. It is. Uh, you know, we've built some beautiful twin turbo 
Lamborghini offerings over the years, but, you know, they're not ever going to be as totally reliable as a standard car. They're not going to be as fuel efficient as a standard car. They're not going to carry any warranty, you know, and they're gonna, they come with their own unique foibles. Having said that, I'd, I'd happily live with one daily, but that's not the point. We're not comparing modified cars with stock cars. We're comparing stock with stock. And so someone on that thread said, yeah, okay, well, how are you going to make your Tesla Plaid do a seven-second pass? And I said, oh, you'll probably trade it on a twin-turbo Hurricane. <laughs> Wait, that was me just having a bit of a, you know, a bit of a humorous moment. But then there was a whole heap of other knuckleheads that chimed in and said, you can't modify an EV. EVs can't be modified. You'll never be able to modify them. And that's that. And, of course, they're stupid people that say that because they don't actually know what they're talking about they're the same people that go what happens when your battery dies in two years and uh, you've got to spend 50 grand on your new battery well batteries you know last multitudes of years eight year battery warranty in a tesla for example it's not proven yet but you know the 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 word on the street is they're million mile capable. You know, you show me a, an internal combustion unit that can do a million miles. Come on. And I don't want to see the odd freak show, you know, thing that five to one compression slugger that, you know, was some in some bloody uh, taxi cab in Havana. Uh, really, there is a lot of misinformation out there. And it seems like it's everywhere, though. But this is a... It's, it's a bit like the COVID thing, though. It's when you see people online going, I'll never do it. Buck the jab. I'm not getting jabbed. No one tells me what to do. There's so many of us. We'll defeat the government. We'll do this. We'll do that. But then you look at the vax rates and, like, you're 80% double dose. So this noisy minority are the ones that, you know, well, they're the noisy minority. That's exactly what they are. They sit there and make noise, not knowing what they're talking about, whether it be COVID or whether it be EVs. They seem to be, you know, that flat earther kind of mindset where everything's a big conspiracy and, you know, kids get eaten in pizza shops or some such rubbish that they sprout. Um, yeah, it, it, they're all kind of one of a, um, much of a muchness, one of a oneness. And yeah, they have no idea what they're talking about. So let's have a look at it. Um, what's going to happen to car tuning in the next decade? Well, oh, well, maybe 20 years. Um, you know, there's going to be less and less internal combustion cars on the road. Fact. I don't care whether you like it or not. Stiff shit. EVs will take over. It is written. All the manufacturers are doing it. And I don't give a shit whether you talk about coal or where you're going to charge them or whatever. I, I don't care about any of that. What I'm saying is that all the manufacturers are going to be making them. So you're either going to be buying them or you're going to be driving around in some old heap of shit that you're unable to get spare parts for anymore. So there is going to be an aftermarket there is going to be a burgeoning you like that word burgeoning a burgeoning modification scene for evs and how do i know this well i'm on the cusp of it this is what we do and i spend every day some portion of the day thinking about where this industry will be in 20 years time of course california or the, the epa clean air act has really 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 look see they're motorcycles that you can hear now in this sunday session soon they're going to be silent because they're going to be electric motorcycles, which are about 50 times faster than uh, the stupid internal combustion ones and probably 100 times more reliable. Um, 
but yeah, the EPA Act with the um, tailpipe emissions thing in the States is going nuts now to the point where half of my tuning software is getting changed in current updates where you, you know, you're not able to turn off um, catalyst monitoring and stuff like that. It's, it's shutting down. It's closing down. The net is closing in on internal combustion and modifiers. So if we're gonna modify cars in the future, we either need to really engineer our products properly and go for exemption order status, um, which I've been doing, as you know, uh, with a couple of companies, or it, you work on cars that don't have tailpipes. How cool is that? So you can actually modify a car uh, to make more power without punching a bigger hole in the ozone layer. That sounds like a pretty cool thing, and that'll take the EPA uh, some time to wrap their noggins around and catch up. So, you know, uh, the question was, how are you going to make a Plaid a, a seven-second car? Well, no one's even made one an eight-second car yet. You know, I said buy a twin-turbo Lambo, ha, ha, ha. You know, I'm probably right. It's probably easy, but no one's done even an eight-second Plaid yet, right? But will it happen? Absolutely. Listen to that. That boys and girls, is a rotor. That was an RX-8. Pop, pop, bang, the wankle. Um, yeah, so no one's even done an eight-second plaid. Is it going to be done? Yes. Is it going to be done really soon? Yes. Um, am I going to have something to do with it? Hopefully, yes. Maybe not. Um, how would you do it? Well, it's pretty bloody easy, isn't it? I mean, if you look, there's a couple of things where EVs are the same as any other car out there. You know, they've all got four wheels and four tyres. Well, some have three and some have six, I suppose. But they're all four-wheelers. Uh, uh, they all rely on basic physics to move. So uh, the higher the mass, you know, uh, the slower the acceleration. So, of course, what everyone's been doing with their plaids is gutting them and ripping the interiors out. I'd hardly call that modification, right? That's just, you know, typical drag strip, like, light is fast, boy, America. And, you know... That's all cool, and it will need to be done. But let's let's have a look at how you would modify the car to be lighter. Well, I, I, I covered this off a little bit, and we're going to be doing some work with another company in the state in, in New South Wales, where we're going to be making lighter components for the car to replace factory components, you get me, without any sort of... Uh, degradation in the OE experience. So, you know, we reckon looking at looking at a Model S already, and again, we don't have the upgrade Model S here, so what I'm saying here isn't going to be terribly accurate, but I reckon we can save 150 kilos out of a out of a Plaid, which will take it from being a 9.2 second car, as we've seen already, to a 9.0 something second car. But you know, weight saving isn't tuning a car, let's face it. Weight saving is just just weight saving i suppose isn't it so yeah that's not the future of tuning evs it's handy and anyone can do it if they've got a screwdriver and a hammer uh, you know you can make your tesla or your or your audi e-tron or whatever it is or your nissan leaf god bless that little leaf you can make the leaf or your ev lighter and therefore it'll be faster but that's not tuning tuning is about making horsepowers and again with internal combustion there's only a single dynamic, I call it. And that is we ramp the torque on as fast as we can in most circumstances in a, on a drag strip application where we can put tyre under the car. We ramp uh, the torque in as fast and as hard as we can. Oh, look at this. 
I've got two Integras pulling up next to me. And VTEC, yo, they're actually good little cars, the Type R's. I really like them. And they're Japanese imports. I do really, really like them. Yeah, listen to that. They're kicking in. They're a good car. Um, and they're going to turn around and go out now because you know what they're doing? They're doing what they call toge. Tuj, toge. Where they just thrash around in the hills and listen to them. They're good sounding things. Um, so yeah, we, we got to make power and we can. So we've got the, oh, not we, now we've got a Lexus with some Lexus lamps and IS200. This is really cool. This is like um, the, the Fat and the Furious all getting together here. Wow. Where's, I can be the next Vin Cheezel. Listen, listen to that. Listen to that. Oh, you wouldn't have it any other way, would you? God, I love Hondas. Yeah, I can be Vin Cheezel. Um, yeah, so where were we? Yeah, single dimension. So on a drag strip with an internal combustion car, we try and ramp the power and torque it as fast as we can, and we put a tyre under it to hook it, right? And if we can't hook it, uh, we put more tyre under it until we can hook it. And there you go. That's what we do. And we try and keep that torque up and that power up all the way to red line. So as we're shifting through the gears, or the gears are shifting through themselves, we maximise the acceleration. That's a simple way of looking at drag racing in a street-based car. But that's the way, no, that's the way I've always done it. Again, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed or the smartest cookie. But with an EV, it's different. Because, yes, we've got to maximise the horsepower, but we also have to tailor the ramp. You see, because... All EVs have a ramp, which petrol cars or diesel cars or whatever internal combustion thingamajigs do not have because they're inherently slow and weak to start with. However, your electric motor can generate full torque from zero RPM. Now, if we were to do that, everything in said vehicle, I don't care what brand it is, would possibly explode, <laughs> including the tyres first and foremost, but it, you would be ripping things in half if you hooked it with bigger tyres. So... All EVs ramp in, you know, you get on the interwebs and you have a look at the torque curve or the power ramp curve of the Model S Plaid, and I think by, you know, 100 kilometres an hour, which, by the way, only takes, you know, two seconds, a 1.998321 with rollout over the square root of pi seconds uh, on a perfect strip, um, it gives full power at about 100 kilometres an hour. So there's a ramp up from zero when you take off, to about 100, 110 kilometres an hour, and then it just sits at 1,020 horsepower all the way to 160 or 200 mile an hour or whatever the car happens to be speed limited to at the time. So, and even little Model 3s do this, and Nissan Leafs, every car does it, right? Every EV does it. So the first thing we've got to do is maximise the ramp. Now, this is why guys that are getting full traction on their street wheel and tyre set that the Plaid comes delivered with, they go to the old drag racing, you know, school and hook some knee tools or some R888 tours or whatever under the car on lighter rims and put them on and don't go any faster because they're not able to use the tyre because the vehicles have got more traction than the, uh, due to the ramp, uh, you get me, than it has uh, due to the tyre fighting the surface. So without altering the ramp, you're not going to go blah, blah, blah. You're not going to go any faster. So I've come up with some ways of altering the ramp. So that's the second dimension, and that's the EV only dimension, which we don't even look at in petrol-powered internal combustion shit boxes. So I'll be doing a lot of experimentation on the Model 3. And I touched on this with Paul the other day. Big Paul. Hey world, hey babe. And 
he said, oh, it's a throttle trigger. No, it's not a throttle trigger because that doesn't change the ramp. I, I can tell you now, a, a Model 3 Performance is hindered, is tied to an 11.4 second quarter mile time. I think someone's done 11.3 somewhere because it has a 1.7x 60 foot. Now, and without changing that ramp, you're not going to get a better 60 foot. And without changing that 60 foot, you're not going to get a better ET. Now, imagine if we could get that 1.7 down to a 1.55 and every, you know, the old drag racing school of thought, particularly in a car that does lay over a little at the end, is that every tenth you save on the 60 is two tenths you gain at the trap. So if we're able to save, say, two tenths on the 60, we should be an 11.0 or a 10, a 9, 9 second car, which would be pretty cool in a Model 3. Now, do I know how to do this? Yes. Um, is it easy? Hell no. Is it something I'm going to elaborate uh, on and describe in great detail technically here? It's most certainly not. You know, we've all got to have a few secrets. But, yeah, I'm in control with a really serious software guy here that is absolutely kick-ass of the ramp. So we will have a module that alters the ramp in all Teslas. Hopefully all Teslas, you know, we'll start with the Plaid. And, oh, sorry, we'll start with the, the SR Plus 3. The real drives could do with some more. And then we'll go to the free performance and we'll go to Model S of all its various diff different iterations. And, of course, I'll be having some friends in the US test with their plaids because we don't get plaids here. So that's the next thing, right? We're going to play with the ramp and we'll have like a, a wind up, wind down, good old school analog dial on the dash that controls the digital signals, wind up, wind down for how much ramp you want. And that'll be cool. Oh, that's tuning. It involves software and it involves hardware. And will it be plug and play? Yes, it will be. How do I make that work? I'm not telling you. Right. <laughs> Yet. Um, and of course, then there's a maximum current draw thingy-me-jiggy. You know, there are modules you can buy already uh, for the Model 3s, the SRs as such normally, that basically uh, go straight into the firmware of the motor controller and reprogram that to allow them to make a more grunts. You know, you're talking 50 horsepower as a boost on a Model 3, which is, you know, pretty handy. No one's doing that for the performance yet, and I'm not sure why. I'm not really big into the motor firmware, the motor controller thing. Um, again, I've got some friends that do know a little bit about it, but you've really got to know what you're doing with that stuff to, to not damage anything. And of course, Tesla don't make this, or Tesla don't make this easy for any aftermarket hacker because, you know, let's face it, these guys uh, put people into space. They build rockets, spaceships, and they have some of the smartest hardware and software tech guys around, and they just love catching people doing things to the cars. And it would, you know, it'll, like for example, there's about six different CAN buses in your average Model 3, not one or two like there is in some cars, you know, they're all tied in with the ADAS system and they do cross-referencing and checking across every facet of of the vehicle's reporting so you know everything's compared so when when signals are divvied up and split around the car to motor controllers and inverters and mcus and and ecus and whatever everything's redundancy checked along the way just like it would be in a spaceship and if something's out of whack you'll have implausible data recorded and when you get implausible 
uh, data recorded. I haven't come across this yet, but I'm sure I will in my testing. Only Elon himself knows what the vehicle's going to do. But I'll say, at the very best case, uh, you'll get a limp mode. At the very worst case, you'll be flatbedding the thing back to Tesla, and they'll be saying, what happened here? you got to be very, very careful what signals are on this on the buses of these cars. That's what I'll say. And, of course, when you do um, reprogram the thing, you also, <laughs> uh, you also run the risk of it being blown straight out of the water with an over-the-air update. Well, kind of. Uh, the guys at Nginx in, in um, Canada have, have got around that. They've got to think of a nice tri-Elon module that plugs in as well. That stops this from occurring. They're pretty smart guys, and that's pretty trick stuff, and we do a bit with them. So that's cool. I, we sell them fit their products and, and tune them up. So back to my thing. You can do the whole premise of today's Epicast. You can do the things. So I think the dickheads get on the internet and go, you know, I'm never going to have any beeps. You can't tune it. That's bullshit. You just can't tune it with a shovel or a hammer. You know, just like any decent internal combustion car now must be properly programmed and have people working on them to understand the proper processes, you know, of hardware and software. So you'll still be able to have your old box of shit with a carburetor you know, that runs on 7.5 cylinders because it's some stupid old thing. And come with that in another Epicast, by the way. I hate old big blocks done up. They're expected to be reliable. They're never any good when they're new. And they're never any good now. But anyway, that's just my, my cup of tea on, on these things. But yeah, you can and you will be able to modify your EVs. It's just a whole new way of doing things. No, it won't stink. It won't do a streco and piss oil all over your floor, hopefully. Um, and you won't get so dirty doing it, you know. Like I said, you can keep your old crap box in the shed if, if you must cover yourself in grease and oil. But you will be able to install hardware and software into EVs to make it faster, and them faster. And, of course, this all, you know, I'm, the only reason I'm, I'm carrying on about this is, A, ignoramuses no SFA on the internet, and B, I'm in the process of doing it to my Model 3. It's going to be years before I get a bloody plaid, because I can just, I mean, I've got friends in America that ordered, oh, what would it be, a year ago now, that are still waiting, and if you're waiting in America for a year, in Tesla's own heartland, to get a car, uh, Australia's always a couple of years behind that, so, you know, car late 21, early 22 in the States, we're looking at late 23 here, earliest, mark my words, and by then there'll be just a you know, a whole new bunch of updates to the plat, I suppose. There will be cyber trucks running around in America before. That's right, I did say it. There will be cyber trucks. There will be cyber trucks trucks running around in America before we see a plat on the roads in Australia. Get over it, kids. Cancel your order. Get your 150 bucks back. Whatever. Who cares? And for everyone that cancels their order, hopefully mine gets pushed up sooner. So in the meantime, to keep myself busy, I'll be working with the Model 3 Performance. It's still you know, the most affordable performance Tesla. It's still a bloody fast car. And to get one knocking on the door of a Model S Raven, you know, getting one running high tens, doing so in a cool fashion, um, i.e. it drives like a stock car. It's just got more grunt. And, you know, without compromising it, without stupid plastic windows and, 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 you know, just dumb shit like that. So you can still use a car as a daily driver and run a 10, that's my goal. Would I be happy with 11.0? Yeah, hell yeah. 
Um, I'd be much happier with a 1099 though. So let's how, see how we go. I'm working on the ramp part at the moment. Uh, we'll work on the lightness part shortly. I mean, I could start that myself by going on a bit more of a diet once again, and, and I think we'll have a lot of that too. But yeah, we're doing some interesting things. Don't listen to the knockers. They've get, got no idea. And soon, just like the anti-vaxxers, uh, they will be just deafened out of the market and not know and just be some sort of weird hillbilly hermit uh, hiding under a rock and living in the hills, which is what you must be doing if you're listening to Range Anxiety.